Hello everyone and welcome back to a brand new podcast. Yes, today we return with a more knowing wheel. As always, I'm joined by a freshly, not quite, university graduated mm. uh, Jamie183. Have you have you passed your studies in Formula 1 history? Uh, well, we were just debating before this, but I think I have. So, yes. Uh, but no, my exams are all good, so I'm happy. Free forever. No more good, studies. Good. Yes, yeah. This one... It's going to be a bit of a rough step. So Jamie's going out tonight partying because he's finished uni. That's not not true. <laughs> no, it's not true. He's he's actually going down to the swimming pool. Yeah. I don't know. A thought that you all wanted to have. Exactly. Yep. Jamie in his speedos. Um, I've been out all day as well, so I'm very very tired. You can probably already tell just looking at me. If, if you're watching this on YouTube, hello. Go on Spotify um, instead, I reckon. Oh, you, Jamie, well, I know we say this most <laughs> weeks, but if you don't want to look at this tired face, definitely, definitely would recommend checking out Spotify. Uh, the reason why I'm tired will all be explained very, very soon. Uh, so if you're not already, please do get yourself subscribed for more content like that. But as always, uh, links as well are down in the description. You know, if you want to go check out F1 merch, uh, Manscaped, Bybit as well. Um, what else is there, Jamie? I oh, know I'm forgetting well, some. We've already said Spotify with that. Yeah, do it anyway. Spotify, yep, as well, of course. Uh, a massive thank you to all of you guys for the continued support over there. And I just want to quickly say as well, before we jump into this, we've now hit 48,000 subscribers. Less than 2k to go. Can we hit 50k before F1 2022 releases? I, I reckon by this, this time so. next week. Not quite this time next week. <laughs> That's wildly optimistic, but a boy can dream. Um... But though, yep, yeah, we're back today, ready to discuss the Monaco Grand Prix. Timestamps will be linked down below. Like we said, it's going to be a fairly speedy episode because we're both either tired or busy today. <laughs> um, but the things we do are to get the podcast out as well. So, Jamie, let's get into it then. Nothing really happened pre-weekend, was there? Of course, all the conversations just about how Charles Leclerc is going to throw away a Monaco win. Yeah, there wasn't wasn't much going on really other than, yeah, as you say, he's never finished a home race. I saw a, a, massive, a massively sped up short from you explaining you all this. You certainly did. Luck. 115% speed. <laughs> and it was on horrendously that cut up as well. But it we was go. horrendously cut up because it was 59.59 <laughs> seconds. Nice. Well, yeah. Had so to cram it all in. Leclerc was obviously going to crash, which everyone believed. Uh, yeah, got straight into practice really on the Friday, which is the first time. Is it on a Friday, I think? Um, oh, you thought last year was. Or maybe, maybe last year was as well. I don't really know. Can't remember. But either way. Yeah. The only thing notable that happened on Friday practice was Ricardo crashing again. Not again. Yes. He hasn't, has he crashed it? Oh, yeah, I guess he hasn't. That counts. Yeah. But yeah, not not another. He runs the streets, don't forget. But not a great showing from Ricardo again. Um, and interestingly, Zach Brown has started actually criticizing him, which is the first time it's happened, really. Yeah, is, I think uh, not there's, a good sign. There's more and more discussions, isn't there? You know, originally they were talking about contracts to the end of next year, wasn't it? Uh, but it's probably been the only thing that's sort of been touched upon between Spain and Monaco was, is Ricardo actually going to stay at McLaren? Yeah. I mean, at the moment... I think they're suddenly realising that they're probably paying him at least three times what Lando is on, I'd imagine. It's probably less <laughs> than... It was definitely about that last before Lando's, Lando's long-term contract, contract. yeah. But, but even so, they're, not, that, getting, they're not, not getting value for money at all with him. So it makes no. sense why they're thinking like that, especially no. with the agreement thing they've got with Alpine for Piastri. Like, <laughs> oh, I would, yeah. Lando and Piastri as a lineup that would be good. I could, I could get on that vibe. Yeah, definitely. But there we go. He sorted himself out a little bit for the rest of the weekend, but as usual, was well off Lando. So, yeah, that was all that really happened on Friday. Ferraris were tentatively dominating. 
um, with Perez actually the closest Red Bull to them, which I found quite curious. But there we go. Perez um, has Max... always been a street track merchant. He People has. forget this. Monaco 16, he got podium. Uh, luckily, from Hulk was better and then got. Screwed. Russia 14, he got a podium. 15. Technically yeah. a street track. Was it 15? Was it? Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, he's had quite a few podiums on street circuits in the past. People just forget it. Mm. Yeah, and obviously won Baku last year. As yes, well. Although yeah, that of course. was down to luck, basically. <laughs> Still did what he needed he, to. He made Hamilton turn his magic on. <laughs> yes, yeah, the, the the magic that, yeah, not not good. Um, speaking of, actually, Friday practice, Jamie, I don't know if you saw one of McLaren's engineers, Randy, I can never remember his surname. Did you see? I'm guessing he had an issue with his auto tweet because he put up a tweet Sunday morning going, just a reminder, free practice is on Friday this year at Monaco. I did not see that. Well, <laughs> and you're there like, well, that's great to tell us two days later. Yeah, yeah that's a weird one, but there we go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Then, of course, as as we often do in Formula 1, we jump into Saturday. And let's be fair, no Saturday is more important than the Monaco Grand Prix Saturday because it pretty much guarantees you the win. Apart from this year, I didn't, but we'll, we'll gloss over that <laughs> in just a minute. Of course, Monaco, though, famous, you know, early on in the session. Though, the first few laps are all about just trying to build up confidence. Rubber in the circuit as well, of course. You know, we I don't know if you... Did you watch the Formula 2 race as well? I did. Yeah, both of them. It was Yeah, it was good fun, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but obviously, they've sort of helped put a little bit of rubber down. You know, you had Frecker and Formula 3 as well, if I'm And Porsche Super mistaken. Cup, which I caught a bit of, which was stupid. Why is Porsche Super Cup stupid? Because it was I at Monaco. It was funny, yeah. but it was like, why are there sports cars? Like, I guess why are there Formula 1 cars going in Monaco, to be fair? Why, yeah, why is there any cars around <laughs> Monaco anymore? I mean, to be fair, that would be right up at the top of my bucket list, would be... In the Monaco Tunnel, whilst those poor Super Cup, oh, Cup cars go You would be through. deaf after that. It, you would be deaf <laughs> immediately. But can you just imagine that as an experience would be incredible. Mm. <laughs> like, uh, genuinely, I think the poor Super Cup cars rank so high in terms of my favourite cars in the world just because of how good they sound. Mm. Porsche know how to make a fantastic inline six with, of course, a straight cut exhaust. I've got a lot or to add to this pipe. conversation. You have, you have. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, get back in though to Q1. Like we said, obviously, the track ramps up rather quickly, so it's all like just trying to find the time. And also waiting for who's going to bring out the red flag. Now, to be fair, most of the sessions were pretty good going throughout the entire weekend. Hmm. Sonoda brought out a red flag in Q1, though, which screwed quite a few people. And we're not really sure why. You des- I think definitely I didn't need it. I think I do know why. Because he, he hit the inside wall at the Nobel, like, which pierced or, like, basically broke his, uh, what, brake disc Wheel cover. cover. Yeah, wheel cover. Yeah. And punctured his front left. I was going to say hubcap, but it's definitely not that. No. <laughs> and then, yeah, that bit of debris that came off his car was on the circuit. It wasn't off the track. So to clear that under double yellows in qualifying would have been quite hard. So I well, understand there's, there's the no need. such thing as double yellows in qualifying, is well, there? Well, yeah, especially not at Monaco at the end of Q1. Like, <laughs> But um, yeah, I understand why they needed the red flag, but it was a bit unfortunate for such a small amount of debris. But yes, there you go. yeah. And the fact, of course, you were so not used to red flags coming out and every car still being in the running. Yeah, no one of course, stopped. Sonoda just yeah. got... Sonoda kind of got back to the pits, and I don't even mean he sort of realised he was the one that caused yeah. it. Um, but really, that screwed two of Jamie's favourite yep. drivers, Lovely. which did make me laugh. You know what, though? Before qualifying, I tried to swap Alonso to Gasly on Fantasy and couldn't afford it. So I got lucky there. 
<laughs> but there we go. Joe literally was crossing the line as the red flag came out. Yep. About to match Bottas, and that didn't count because the red flag came out. Uh, and then Gasly as well. They I thought honestly... Gasly was even closer. No, uh, Gasly, that was at the end because they sent him out late and he couldn't get around in time. Right, so he sorry. was like two seconds from starting his lap and missed it because the checkered flag came out. So it's yeah. tight margins, isn't it? It always yeah. isn't Monaco, though. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, that that did make me chuckle. The fact that, that <laughs> I mean, what was it? Guan, Joe Guanyu was further away from Nicholas Latifi than the other Williams was from pole position in Q one. Uh, yeah, which did make me chuckle. But we apply mitigating circumstances, and it's all good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he was always going to recover right up towards the front in the Grand Prix, wasn't he? Um, yeah. But yeah, so Joe Guanyu, Pierre Gasly, both Williams, and of course Sir Lancelot out in Q1. Then we he get was not Q2. happy as well. No, Stroll was not happy. He sounded like it... a someone on Xbox game chat. Yes, uh. yeah, but it was similar to Seb last week, wasn't it? Aston Martin, you know, their driver's going to do a pretty decent lap, but they just seem to lack that little bit of qualifying pace. I say that. Seb, of course, made it into Q3. Mm-hmm. But it's just where the field is so close still. You know, you feel like you can do a pretty good lap. You're a second off pole, and that's not good enough yeah. to get you into Q2, which I love. Yeah, it's very, very exciting for the midfield to be that, that close-packed. But, yeah, Stroll, not happy. He's never been that good at Monaco, unless I'm forgetting an obvious one. Um, but I guess he's never really had the car for it either, to be fair. But yeah. there we go. Yeah, unfortunate for Lance Stroll there. Then, of course, we jumped into Q2, and yeah, really nothing of any note sort of happened in Q2, did it, Jamie? Ricardo, no. both Haskars, Bottas, and Sonoda out in the second session. So, I mean, you would have been a fool. I can't imagine who would place a bet on both Alfa Romeo thinking into Q3. It was a free bet. It does not count. <laughs> <laughs> both Alphas to Q3 for 33 to 1. Why not? And neither because of neither there. of them made it. <laughs> and one of them was 20. <laughs> one of them was last three seconds off the pace. Um, yes. You know, Alfa Romeo had a strong car this weekend, apparently. Um, so well, we were meant to believe. Yeah, Spain Sector 3, they were like hookiest of anyone. But there we go. Didn't yeah, work out. Yeah. Then, of course, we jump into Q3. The best part of a Monaco Grand Prix weekend, Jamie. Until, of course, someone red flags it. Yeah, and it always seems to be the same every year same at Baku as well there's so many red flags just disjointing the session but yeah first runs were fairly standard I think it basically went as we expected Leclerc pulled out a pretty good lap uh, to go I think two tenths clear of everyone else yep and two tenths clear with the other three pretty much all right on top the same of each time. other but it was yeah. a Ferrari one two with Red Bulls three and four and as well Perez slightly ahead of Verstappen again yes again basically the theme throughout the whole weekend well he was which... basically gaining a tenth at Sandovot wasn't he mm. And yeah. that was it. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, the rest of the order was as expected. I think nothing really too surprising. And then the last runs in Q3, which is supposedly the most intense time of the season. And before it's even got going, Perez has managed to do a really weird spin at the corner, which I've forgotten the name Portier. of. Portier. Yes. Uh, and just clouted his rear wing of his Red Bull into the barrier there. Yeah, did, did his best center impression. <laughs> yeah, and then Sainz joins him for a bit of fun, even though the yellow flag's out, and he got away with it somehow, but fair play. So both of them had created a roadblock across the road, uh, and obviously red flag's out, and no one set any second laps. So that was the finishing order, just from the first runs. But Perez crashing to stay ahead of Max. This time round, Max wasn't as annoyed as he was last year, which I'm glad about. 
<laughs> well, um, last year he thought, you know, that was his big... Because at the time, obviously, you then go, well, Charlotte Leclerc's won the race. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, of course, for Max, he just thought that was it. The Monaco Grand Prix victory was going to have to wait another year. Mm, yeah, but Perez secured his third place by stop. Max actually had a much better standard of as well, so I think he would have been probably second if he finished the lap, but well, never mind. Did you hear what Bonotto said about the close second run? It was, like, perfect. He was, like, two tenths up by the time seven he got to tenths. It wasn't seven, seven tenths. I don't se- buy No, they say by the end of sector two, when the red flag came out, apparently they reckon Charles Leclerc was seven tenths up well, on his previous I, I don't, lap. I do not see that at all. I mean, they might well have meant he would have been seven tenths up by the end yeah, of Yeah, potentially. Lap, but it was, <coughs> I mean, he was two tenths up in sector one. He was hooking yeah. it up. He was definitely on it, but in the end, it didn't actually matter because uh, he got no, anyway. No, he, he done, he done so, the job anyway, yeah. hadn't he, in the first run. And yeah, nice this year for Leclerc not to crash himself onto pole position. Someone else did it for him, yeah. or two other cars did it for him. Yeah. Then, of course, we get to Sunday, Jamie. And yes. the scene is set. We watch the F2, we watch Felipe Drogovic dominate another weekend. We then start to see the rain clouds just heading over the hills in towards the Monaco, well, valley, city, country. The whole thing. We, we yeah. see, yeah, the whole, the whole shebang. <laughs> um, and with about 10 minutes to go before the race, we just start to get a little bit of precipitation. And we think we this are in for the <laughs> spicy, this is 1996 all over again. We yeah. are going to watch Olivier Panis, and I did make sure to say his name correctly. Um, <laughs> not Richard Hammond's version. <laughs> not Richard Hammond's version, no. <laughs> um, we th- yeah, I genuinely was there going, this might, th- like, this could genuinely be the reason Monaco stays, like, justifies itself on the Canada to a lot of haters. Yeah. And it didn't really happen. It was a bit... No. <laughs> yeah, the FAA put a stop to it very quickly. Which I do, no fun. I do completely understand, to be fair, because obviously there's the rule where you have to have the tires on the car ten minutes before the race start. At ten to three local time, it had just started raining. I don't know if you saw the the live timings for effectively what was going to be the start of the race at three o'clock. Yes, local time. there were like half there were the like cars four cars had gone into. Yeah. yeah. So, given that it wasn't raining when they had to decide, some of the cars were on intermediates just in case, like proper Marcus Winklehock. But yeah, unfortunately, they delayed the start time initially to I think three sixteen. Basically, they last minute decided, oh yeah, we better we better give them another ten minutes to change their tires in case yeah. it's going to rain. And then they did that. Uh, did they initially start at three sixteen, or was it? Push back more. I think they waited again. I want to say. I mean, yeah. there were so many holdups, weren't there? I want to say they waited again. They then decided that while. because it was a safety car to start, everyone ended up being full wets, which they didn't really want to be on. So no. the FIA told everyone to go and find their wet tires, which uh, was very chaotic in the pit lane. Um, they did that, and then eventually got going behind the safety car, and then an absolute downpour happened. <laughs> so yeah, it wasn't ever really gonna even if they started at three o'clock at that time they would have had to stop it anyway because it was absolutely no you say that the problem i think what a lot of people forget there was the fact that 20 formula one cars can move a whole lot of water incredibly quickly yeah i think they it would have been borderline don't get me wrong but i reckon they would have been able to carry on and i think this was the problem isn't it with formula one you know like a lot of people have said because of what's happened again in these sorts of situations 
make it so the rules are just a little bit loose, you know. Tell teams, right, you get two minutes, change your tyres. Yeah, that's going. the thing. The 10 minute rule the was the problem. Because it's just, I mean, we had the farce at Spa last year, didn't we? Yeah. And I don't think any of us thought it was going to be the same this weekend because it did look like it was going to stop raining and things like that. But imagine if we got that race going at three o'clock. We'd say we'd had cars on, dry tyres, someone enters. You know, we who like, who was the top driver on intermediates? I don't think find it that was the British drivers, so Norris and Hamilton, I think, were on intermediates. And not George Russell? Not Russell, no. Not Russell. We could have had Lando Norris leading the Monaco Grand Prix. Hamilton might have had a chance of winning. Which is Hamilton might have had a chance of winning. You would have then had all the tricky choices between going on to the full wets and the intermediates when it absolutely lashed it down. Cars would have made mistakes. And I think what frustrates me the most about it is the fact that, you know, a lot of the time, you give give NASCAR NASCAR some stick for the fact they can't race on ovals in the rain. They can do the same now in Formula 1. They go on (laughs) about the best drivers in the world, the most sophisticated cars, but any time, as much as a puddle starts to form within 10 miles of a Formula 1 circuit, (laughs) the FIA just go, no, no, we can't do this. This is not happening. It's just so frustrating. Yeah. I and I, I do, I do understand how difficult it must be to make those decisions, but yeah, it's very frustrating to watch. <laughs> I was watching back last night footage of Fuji two thousand and eight. Oh, amazing! I think it was oh seven. Uh, Fuji I think needs of. no both of them. Oh, both were wet, actually. Both were yeah. races. Yeah, um, Fuji needs to come back to Formula One as well, man. I well, Suzuka needs how... to come back first. Have you not been there in a while? Well, you both of them do, to be fair. <laughs> they both deserve a Grand Prix because Fuji Suzuka's was, obviously got yeah. a lot of history. Fuji is just one of the only tracks, I think, in the world that is pretty much tailor-made for these 2022 cars. Yeah, you know, it would be It's nice and wide, there. ground effect, huge front straight. That would be straight fire. Yeah. <laughs> or often put out by the rain that have happened yes, at Fuji. Yeah. Put it in the summer, then. Well, it was always what it was always late October, October, time, November, it? wasn't so, it? So yeah. yeah, and it was monsoon season all the time. But there we go. Yeah, the rain eventually eased, and we did get a race start, although it was a rolling start, which is always a bit sad. Um, but there we go. What Wait, are you what? saying now? We can do standing starts in the rain and then just not do them still. Yeah, because they literally changed the rule. Like Germany 2019 was the first time that we had the extended formation laps. Like, you keep doing formation laps until you think it's dry enough to start, and then you do a standing start. Why don't you do that now? <laughs> like, obviously, that was only one time, but it worked really well. Yeah, and both then, Alfa Romeo's got completely destroyed because of it, didn't they? Yeah, Red Bulls went from, what, second row, Gasly and Verstappen, down no, to, No, Verstappen like, was front row, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, second and fourth, wasn't it? Down yeah. to, like, nowhere on the race stop. Like, reason. eighth and 14th. Verstappen still won, though, so it's all good. Uh, what happened to Hamilton that race? Uh, he got screwed. He crashed into a wall by himself. Actually, speaking of that, I saw a really trippy edit yesterday, Jamie. Someone has dubbed in. I want to see if I can try and find the video again. Every week, I'm going to give you guys some brilliant video recommendations. Someone has done a video. It's by a gentleman called ND28RB. What if Charles Leclerc didn't save it in 2018? I'm going to send this to you now, Jamie. Didn't save it. So I don't forget. He did. No, what do you mean if he didn't if he save didn't it? he didn't save it. Someone has edited, and I'm not sure how they did it, has edited um, Charles Leclerc's halo and helmet onto the Bottas footage. 
It is the most trippy thing in the world. Wait, from when? I don't know what you're talking about. From, from when Bottas binned it the year later, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's really odd. I've just sent it to you via Twitter, and yeah, like I said, definitely recommend watching that. It's okay. only a 30-second clip, but it's just really weird. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, the race start. There was a Monaco Grand Prix, apparently, yes, this weekend. nothing... Yeah, obviously, rolling start, it's wet at Monaco. Everyone's going super slowly. Very impressive driver skill, but nothing much happened because they're just trying to stay on the track and no one can no. go past each other, obviously. Apart from Gasly. Until made it started gamble. getting drier. Yeah, a couple cars. Actually, we forgot to mention Latifi and Stroll managed to find a wall on the first lap behind a safety car. Yes, that uh, was quite funny. <laughs> both of them had to pit for front wings. Kwani Joe I mean, made up two places uh, under safety car conditions. What a goat. Canadians shouldn't have been allowed in Formula 1 after Gilles Villeneuve left. Gilles well, Villeneuve? He, he, not even Jacques is allowed Not even Jacques, no. <laughs> Although Gilles Villeneuve technically leave, but you know what I mean. Wow, okay. There we go. There's uh, probably enough time's passed for that to be okay. But there we go. <laughs> yeah, so Canadians find barriers. Uh, Latifi basically laughs at himself, as everyone else is doing. Um, yeah, both pit for new front wings and wet tyres. About two laps later, once the race has actually got going, Gasly pit for intermediates. Obviously had nothing to lose. He was, what, 17th on the grid? So, yeah, might as well try something. The intermediates worked quite well straight away. It was... No. Well, he was sliding about a bit, but he was going quick. He had a couple of scary moments. Yes, he did. Say, it took a couple of laps to get in. But he wasn't any... He wasn't, like, super slow in lap time. It was just a bit sketchy. Yes. And then... Yeah, eventually he caught the back of the actual pack of drivers who were all on wets, which I think started with Joe and then uh, Ricardo was the next one. And he actually made some overtakes at Monaco. What a guy. Uh, very unorthodox place as well. I think Joe was into Mirabeau and then Ricardo was into the swimming pool section on the exit of Tabac, which, yeah, obviously the grip differential must have been pretty mad for him to do both of those. But even so, very impressive from Gasly at the early start, early parts of the race. Yes, yeah. Nice to see, you know, there was some potential still, wasn't it? That things could get spicy. Yeah. But then, of course, I mean, at the moment, sort of everyone's still trying to circulate, work out what's going on. The only real battle we kind of had then, obviously apart from Gasly trying to make his way through, was for some reason Alpine just decided this weekend their sole goal, El Plan, was just to screw <laughs> Hamilton, wasn't it, Just really? to annoy those Hamilton. that's basically yeah. all that happened all day. Um, obviously, it all started when Hamilton has a look at the inside of Ocon because he's moved on to the Inters. Um, he's clearly all over the back of Ocon everywhere. Yeah. And Ocon, he, Hamilton gets the run at the inside into turn one and Ocon just turns on him and then cries for the rest of the afternoon. Yeah, it was not the best drive from Rock On. Got a five-second penalty. Don't know how Lewis Hamilton's wing survived, but it did. Um, yeah, not not the best from Rock On. It was a classic, like, just turning in, not leaving any room. And, yeah, it was, a, it was bizarre how much he was crying about something that seemed so clear-cut to everyone else. Yeah, um, although... But it did eventually cost him points. Pretty so. much exact same crash as Hamilton had with Maldonado, though, down at Turn 1. Yeah. But, but then he, Hamilton, Hamilton got a penalty, got penalty for that. Yeah. Yeah, weird one. And that then... was the maybe it's because I'm black penalty, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, very strange time. 2011 Hamilton. <laughs> it was the only year where he didn't look absolutely incredible in a Formula One car. Well, mainly because uh, he spent early a lot. 09 was pretty poor as well. <laughs> yeah, but he got, I meant over the course of an entire yeah. year. Um, yeah. 
him and Massa just spent the whole year just trying to still debate 2008 for some reason. Yeah, the three years on, they still couldn't agree who was uh, deserving championship. Yeah, right, but there we go. Yeah, so then after that, the reason, like, the top four, I, I don't know, obviously I'm not a strategist, and yeah, it would be pretty awful if I was, but it was weird for me that the top four just weren't pitting for Inters for ages. They couldn't compared... because they were going to get stuck behind traffic. Yeah, so Russell slower. was in the pit window. Yeah, uh, Russell, and Norris, and I well. think El Plan. Yes, but yeah, I guess they could have risked it and just hoped that the same lap for one of those other three pit as well, but then it would have been a bit of a risk. But yeah, it basically meant that the top four were all line of stern, staying on wet tyres for probably a bit too long. Yes, um, yeah. And I think the first to blink were the Red Bulls, both on the same lap, and Leclerc was on the same lap as well, actually. Um, and Science stayed out. So it was, yeah, Leclerc and both Red Bulls pit for Inters. Um, came out second, third, fourth, because they waited for everyone else to pit. And Science at that point was like, screw it, I'm not pitting, which I quite liked. He basically told Ferrari what he was doing. But he basically told him said box. that from the start, hadn't he? Yeah, yeah. In and it was, a, it was an okay. It was an okay strategy, really. Like, it obviously wasn't the fastest, but given how long the rest of the top four had stayed out yeah. on the wets, you might as well stay out at that point, really. So. Well, exactly. I mean, it's Monaco, isn't it? Yeah. Normal conventional strategy completely goes out the window. Yeah, completely. So he was then leading, but Perez... Uh, I Wait, Leclerc must have been in second at that point. No, uh, Perez jumped Leclerc. Oh, yeah, so. he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So Perez it was a weird race Leclerc. to try and follow. It was very hard to follow because there was quite a lot going on at all times. But Perez was the driver right behind Science at that point, closing up really quickly, obviously, on a much better tyre. Um, and by the time Science pit, it was probably maybe one lap too early for drives. Yes. Because um, yeah. Perez was like seven, eight seconds behind. And then one lap later had overcut him by doing the extra lap on Inters. So, yeah, Science said he got screwed by Williams uh, by Blue Flags as well, but... Latifi, yeah, just sat yeah. in front of him for a lap. Even so, the under the overcut from Perez kind of showed that the Inters were still the best tyre for that one more lap, which made all the difference, really. And then the same lap that Science pit for dries, Leclerc Pretty also pit for dries. after, yeah. Yeah, Leclerc double-stacked behind and... Uh, no! I yeah, think we're remembering this wrong. Sorry, um, no, not that bit. Uh, Leclerc was still... P2, wasn't he? It was this then that Perez jumped him. Yes. Yes, it was. Wow. Good notes. Who who wrote these? <laughs> there we go. Either way, both Ferraris pit the same lap. Science in the lead because he and hadn't Le stopped Leclerc printers. was livid. And Leclerc was fuming, which I understand why, since he would, did everything right all weekend and then ended up fourth uh, after the pit stop window. Um, but that basically allowed yeah Perez to jump Science puts an overcut, uh, or I guess, yeah, it was an overcut, and then Verstappen also going that lap longer than Leclerc did. The inters were faster than the drives for that lap, so Verstappen jumped Leclerc as well for third. Um, so yeah, it was that was kind of it for the top four. Perez now leading with Science in second, and Verstappen and Leclerc in it was like a reverse order from what you expect, really. But there we go, yes, yeah, pretty much. It was weird, wasn't it? Yeah, um. Yeah, I think the only other major sort of notable thing that happened between them and the red flag was just Sainz's incredible save. Yes. Yeah, full opposite lock on dry tyres, full opposite lock, two big snaps. That that in itself deserved the podium. Never, despite the fact he screwed 
Leclerc in the process, but still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, impressive from science. Very much so, but... Yeah. Yeah, then, what, nothing much really... Well, Haas then basically <laughs> just did their 2020 tribute, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Like, really weirdly. So we cut to a shot of the back end of a Haas uh, and the front end of a ruined Haas, which at that point I thought, like, the car was the other way around to what it actually was. It looked like the survival cell had just gone missing. So I was worried. <laughs> yes, but it was turns rather out, alarming, wasn't it? Yeah, originally. it was a pretty nasty-looking crash for Mick Schumacher. But at the same time as that, it then cuts to a shot of Magnussen just somewhere in the paddock. already the car, yeah. Who's, and no one noticed that he retired. No one really told us why. Um, but yeah, luckily Schumacher was fine. Uh, like, uh, But again, it's another driver error. He stuck a wheel on the white line, on the, um, on the wet patch, to going through swimming pool. It was. I didn't think it had quite enough velocity to split a car in half. I know that's what they're meant to do with enough force, but like, yeah, he did I it mean, in Jeddah as well. That was a much higher speed one, I guess. But yeah, the Haas cars are kind of made out of paper mache, though, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, it feels it's really like it. odd. They always seem to just kind of split up into pieces. Which again, like we said, you know, they are designed to do that. Yeah. But we're just not sure if it's meant to be at that sort of speed. Yeah, because it can't have been much more than like one fifty miles an hour. It would have like been less than through that through there in the wet. Yeah. And obviously because he had quite a bit of time to try and get the thing slowed down. Yeah. It was, a, it was a strange chicane. one. But Gunther Steiner isn't very happy with him. I don't know if you've seen that. No. Because uh, all of their like budget for upgrades is being spent on repairing Mick Schumacher's well, car. Which is Mick Schumacher trashing the car every other week, yeah. isn't it? Bless him. I yeah. mean, the clock has already got to be ticking on Mick, hasn't it? Rather sadly. Yeah. But yeah, he's not not shown much against Magnussen. Good. No, no. But, but that of course brought out the red flag. Um, way too meant... late. There was eight laps wasted behind the safety yes. car. Yeah, but they already were worried about time, weren't they? So it was. What well, if you red flag really it? Though, you, you pause it. No. Yeah, you, you, the red no, flag is a three-hour timer. When the race starts, you've then got three hours. Yeah, but the three hour wasn't the issue. It was a two-hour, so they wasted time on the two-hour one going behind a safety car. They could have just red-flagged it immediately and saved, like, 15 minutes. But it had to be done by five. No, it didn't. Because that was the original race start No, because they didn't start the race. Yeah, but they like... started the race at, like, quarter past two. Oh, yeah, I suppose. So, yeah, yeah it, it, nothing the FI do makes yeah. sense anymore, but they had to get the race done. So whether it was behind safety car or red flag, they wouldn't have been able to do any more racing laps either way. Yeah, but... I, I, yeah. I think... It's very confusing. We, we don't really they also know. got rid of our lap timer, so none of this has any laps to it because it was just counting down for the whole race. Yeah, it was basically just a ticking time bomb for the rest of the afternoon. Yeah, um, yeah so we had a red flag, of course. It then meant all the drivers can change tyres, doesn't it, Jamie? And this was where, if this was any other track, it would have got spicy. But because it's Monaco, it didn't really change much because <laughs> yeah. both Red Bulls restarted on mediums and both Ferraris started on the hards. Yeah, I think the Red Bulls, or the Ferrari, sorry, didn't have any new mediums left, so had to go on hard tyres, whereas the Red Bulls did, just because of tyre selection stuff. Um, so yeah, Perez leading on the mediums. On um, the restart, he immediately flat Why wasn't this a standing restart? I think I know why, because half the track was still slightly damp, so and? anyone on the outside of the track would have got screwed. <laughs> Well, that's just completely unfair. That's just rubbish. <laughs> Formula One's not meant to be fair. But what you're saying is the driver in eighth should be just allowed to overtake the driver in second because that's how it goes. 
technically further back down the grid, both sides would be screwed. Yeah, no, that I, what I said didn't make sense. The driver in seventh would have overtaken yeah. the driver in second. But either way, by the time you... Yeah, it would have helped some people in different spots. It would have made things interesting, is sort of the point. <laughs> it would have been a joke. <laughs> and anyone with a driver on the even side of the grid would have been fuming. But they're both Ferraris were, so it would have been quite funny. Yeah. Talking about a joke, Fernando Alonso's race pace <laughs> during most of the second half of that Grand Prix. We'd already had Ocon trying to just knock chunks out of Hamilton. Yeah. Alonso then gets in front of him. He had been in front of him all day, to be fair, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And just decides he's going to cut the field in half. Let the it top was, six it, run away and run three so seconds off the pace for most of the afternoon. And Is I that El plan? I don't think they've even said why. He was trying to save logically, the tyres. But logically, they knew as a team that Ocon had the five-second penalty by that point. That he hadn't served. So, that like, if, if he drove as fast as possible, the field is going to like string out and that gives Ocon more of a chance to break a gap to the guys behind because Ocon was ninth behind Hamilton Alonso well, just splitting think... the field in half just screwed I... over everyone I don't think Alonso could push though because I think they were worried about tyre wear weren't they yeah yeah but then Red Bulls seemed to be pushing and they didn't have much of an issue on the mediums no no that's also true but, yeah, but it was this funny. is El Plan Jamie Alonso just decided that Hamilton deserved to get lapped by Russell again so did his best to make it happen <laughs> Yes, yeah, which was very, very weird. Um, yeah, then the rest of the afternoon, sort of, it, it was quite tense as Monaco can be, but of course nothing was really happening because of it. The only other real sort of talking points was Alex Albon retired, and Zhou Guan Yu also pulled off an incredible save. This time around, he, he did his Kimi Raikkonen impression. Yeah, incredible save. Although he was so amazed that he wasn't crashed in a wall that he accidentally let the Tifi through trying to just let Sonoda through yes. which I don't know if you noticed but, I, I might uh, yeah, notice that going down towards Nobel he tried going in the entire Sonoda who covered the inside line quite late but it wasn't like outrageously late which put Joe massively off and he completely he basically was going sideways down towards the Nobel and somehow held it in a straight line um, in the battle for what would have been 15th I think so yeah very good save from Joe, and it's also his birthday today, or as we record this, yesterday. Yes, yeah. So, happy 23rd to uh, Guan Yu Joe. Yeah, what well done, old man. <laughs> well done. Um, but yeah, that then meant, though, Sergio Perez, in a shock twist, wins the Monaco Grand Prix. He therefore becomes the most successful Mexican ever in Formula 1, with three race victories, and is now really in the championship battle, isn't he? Yeah, he he is. I he could easily be leading this championship. We said I, this after Spain. This is very arbitrary arguments, but yes, he could be because <laughs> you put all the what ifs together for Perez, and yeah, he could be. But you put any of the what ifs together for Verstappen or Leclerc, and they'd be way clear. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. But Formula One's all about what ifs at the end. Yeah, of the day. exactly. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think it will last that long. Perez's championship no, fight. Re- given... Rebel will screw him. Well, when when they get back onto normal regular tracks, Verstappen and Leclerc will just continue to drive off. Probably, so, probably. But Baku next has always been a Checo strong circuit. Yeah, it has been, to be fair. We'll, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Uh, but yeah, the top 10, though, of course, from the Monaco Grand Prix. Perez, Sainz, Verstappen. Who would have thought the three cars that caused a roadblock down in qualifying would have been your podium? Uh, <laughs> Leclerc, disappointed, but as every girl at 11 go out with Jamie, 
They always arrive home disappointed. <laughs> wow, okay. Was this was, after the race? You woke up and chose violence today. I certainly did. Uh, P5 was George Russell ahead of Lando Norris, who took fastest lap because he pit again late on, thanks to El Payne. Um, Alonso 7 ahead of Hamilton, Bottas and Sebastian Vettel with, yeah, Esteban Ocon. Not happy that he crashed into someone, and of course they then decided to screw him later on in the day, which I did think was quite funny. <laughs> yeah. Hamilton backed up Ocon to make sure he didn't get any points, which I rated. Yes. Yeah. Let's go then, Jamie. Why is Sergio Perez driver of the day? Oh, yeah, it's going to be Perez, isn't it? It is. I, it? <laughs> it's Perez on Gasly, I think. But Gasly, if he got a 10th, I'd have given it to him, but unfortunately yeah. not. Yeah, um, Perez, Perez deserves it, I think. Yeah, Perez, what, third to first? No. Third to first? Yeah, third to yeah. first in Monaco. Hard to do. Yep. Uh, but he did so fair play outpaced Max most of the weekend which yeah. pains me to say but he, did he did deserve the win bless him yeah um, right let's do the quickest ever F1 fantasy recap Jamie oh I need to actually get it open That's, uh... how many points did you score this I week I have no idea give me a second <laughs> I didn't I make any changes I can tell you I have not done that. well I don't think I did that well but I'm not too disappointed because everyone had Verstappen and Leclerc, so it's all right. I did. All right, I'm there. Okay. So I got 162. Ah! Oh! Well, you probably beat me. Nope. How? 154, but I got screwed. I swear you have Perez and Sainz. Yep. No. How did you manage Perez that? Perez and Leclerc. Oh, okay, that's fine. Sorry. George Russell, all scored good. good points. Yeah. Ferrari scored good points. And then I lost 13 because I had both Magnuson and Albon. Oh, that's quite unfortunate, actually. That was, yeah, a big L. A big L yeah. for me at the end so of I, the day. So I had a little Verstappen, Leclerc Turbo, Ferrari, my my, my linchpins of my team. Yep. And then Alonso and Bottas actually did delivered some goods this I weekend. I they both got points, didn't they? Yeah. Alonso and I also finally delivered. Kevin Magnuson as well, which, yeah, we don't talk about. <laughs> my meme go. team scored minus four. <laughs> I had Haas with negative Very points, Alba with negative points, both Haas drivers with negative points. Latifi would have been my best scorer with 13, <laughs> but Zhou Guan Yu as Turbo got 20. Oh, what a guy. Right, let's go through then the quickest top 10 rundown you'll ever witness. I need witness. to find your league. How do I get there? Oh, I'm outside the top 1,000 again. Oh, 4,414 well. of you. Thank you to everyone that has joined. Uh, Jamie, do you want me to do the Monaco top 10 rundown? Go for it. According to this, Larry T is zero for this week. I um, don't quite know how. Oh, there we he go. Definitely it's fixed wasn't. Itself. No. He's on 199. But that's he did get 199, top. yeah. So, first this week then, congratulations to Kanchana R with 317 points there. Did he mega drive as Sergio Perez? He how did. on earth? <laughs> why does that? Like, I don't get that. Why would play. you do that? I mean, I guess in practice he was Perez quite good. and turboed sites. And then wow. had Gasly, Alonso, Bottas, and Ferrari. Fair play to you, you ballsy human. <laughs> but that is the luckiest thing I've ever witnessed in this series. Uh, Emil F in P2, they're on 297. Cameron G, Cody H, Pratham Kumar P, Finn D, Anthony B, George E with bal uh, Battery Voltas. Uh, Zlang W in ninth, And then Gavin D with Team 1. Running out the top 10. They're tied with Max M. So a massive congratulations to all of you that made it inside the top 10. Apologies again, yeah, that I'm going to rush through these this week. I feel like I'm getting worse and worse. I've got my own team score, but never mind. I definitely am worse this week because I'm now outside the top 1,000. <laughs> yeah, it's not going great. 
But yeah, overall then, we've still got Larry T winning. Is he uh, still top yeah. of the world? He's actually still got his Mega Drive available as well, so impressive. What? Yeah, I don't know how do he's we, doing Do it. we get three Mega Drivers this year? Oh no, he has used his Mega. Yeah, I think it's oh, don't tell me. slightly. Yeah, don't tell me I've wasted a Mega Drive already by not using it. I don't think so. Hopefully not. Uh, Larry Sid... T is not top of the world. Sorry. Oh, that's very sad. Uh, Sid V in second place with Timotheus in third. Helda M, Carlos B, uh, Sim F, Jack S in seventh with uh, Kevin L, Return of the Mag. The uh, shout out to him every week in ninth and L- Latrina P in tenth place. They're all smashing all- us massively. Yes. Where I'm yeah. what three? No, four hundred and fourteen points off the lead. Oh, that's like that's, two race weekends. <laughs> that's not good in, in a word. Um, our personal predictions, though, Jamie. For the first time in a while, I actually equaled you this week. We've both I'm, I'm actually. Four, didn't we? You at the start of the year, we I think we guessed. We tried to guess how many points we get, and you were like, "If we get one thing right every weekend, I'll be happy." I'm averaging two things right every weekend. Yeah. So I'm smashing it. But there we go. But we're both doing pretty well. So I was so close. This week, I, wasn't was, it? Oh, I got. You I was were. quite unfortunate to be only getting four points. I thought. Yes. Yeah. Because, because my top three, I put, I said I just went off the record. No, on the record, but off the rails, and said Sainz, Verstappen, Leclerc. Yep. And when Perez made that lockup into Mirabeau, that could oh, have been on. I was like, on. if it, if I get Leclerc pole and the top three right, I'm just rinsing that for the rest of the time. Yes, but sadly but you didn't, not. and I kind of got a bit lucky. On the other hand, we both got two points for Leclerc being correct. I then got Verstappen correct, didn't I? Yes, yeah, but you got him behind two Ferraris when he's actually behind his teammate. Yes, so yeah, yeah. four each, which takes the totals to something that I'm Did winning. Did I get quite four easily. this week? Yeah, I'm no yeah. doubting whether I put Verstappen correct. I think you got a Ferrari one too, and Verstappen. Or maybe you got five then? No, surely not. No, I might have only got three. Oh, no. I only got three. Oh, it's extended the lead I've again. I've bottled it and I've exposed myself. I could have got away with that. I was yeah, genuinely I was... thinking you put a Friday one too, but never mind. No, I put Leclerc, Verstappen, Russell. Damn Russell. it. Russell, wow. You are a clown. Yeah, okay. but I thought this could be... Yeah, to be fair, you're not far away. So, yeah, that makes the points. 29 to me oh. and 19 to you. So... Not, not fun. Not fun. <laughs> 10 points clear. Of the game. We take that. Right, Jamie, we are smashing through everything so we far. We are. Um, I can't scroll back down quick enough, though. It's race rating. Race rating. It's yeah. Monaco. It if it was if we were just doing this based on Monaco's alone, it would have probably been a solid eight. But because yeah. we're doing it across the board, it's getting a five. Yeah, it wasn't that fun. A lot of time went by with nothing. But that's what happens at Monaco. It's Monaco I would at the end of the day. Also, give it a five. Yeah. Because it wasn't that unpredictable either, despite the wet weather. No, no, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll discuss more next week, I think, about, you know, where Monaco's place stands in F1, and, of course, then look towards the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Uh, just quickly, though, before we round out, big ups Marcus Ericsson. Indy 500 winner, baby. What a race that was afterwards. Uh, did you watch any of it, Jamie? No, I didn't. No, I didn't think you would. It was a very, <laughs> very good Indy 500. And it now means Caterham's 2014 lineup have two thirds of Motorsports Triple Crown. Yeah, yeah. So if you get to 2014 Caterham, it is now 
equal to Fernando Alonso. It is better than Fernando Alonso in my eyes. Um, do you know the only manufacturer to win all the Triple Crown? Lotus. No. Lotus did. No. They did. I. I. I'm... When did Lotus win Le Mans? Nineteen fifty-six. They did not. I don't know if it was a top class. It, probably not. No, I don't think it was. Never mind. There we go. <laughs> Do you know the only? Is it man- Ferrari? No. I don't know. When a Ferrari ever entered IndyCar? That's true. Yeah. Why would they? Have, why would I have said that? Uh, it was a Jaguar that won. Le Mans nineteen fifty-six. A Lotus. What a class! I just googled it, but I don't know what class it was. Who was it, Matt? It is Mercedes. Oh, of course it is. Well, and all of their Monaco wins were lucky, apart from 2014 and 15 and 13. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> apart from it was a Rosberg one, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, though, Jamie, that's that's going to wrap us up, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apologies, we've kind of had to rush through a lot of stuff in the second half of the show, but. That's just the way things go sometimes. Like we said, we'll, we'll kind of come back next week and give it a bit of a proper look at, won't we? Now Jamie's no longer a university student, we should have a little bit more time um, just to sort of get that sort of to get a bit more discussion in from the yeah. end of the weekend. But you know, we've got to try and get the podcast out for you guys. Tuesdays two thirty, always be here. Um, but yeah, thank you all so much for listening as always. If you have enjoyed, please do make sure you leave a like and get yourself subscribed. And we'll be back next time round, ready to discuss a little bit more from the Monaco Grand Prix and also look towards Baku. Things are going to get spicy.